This is the Jeopardy podcast. And now, here are the hosts of the Jeopardy podcast, Jamie and Katie. This is the Jeopardy podcast. And now, here are the hosts of the Jeopardy podcast, Jamie and Katie. Hello everyone, this is the Evil Chocolate Cookie, and we are bringing you today's edition of the Jeopardy Chronicles, and it is Saturday night, so we all know what that means, it is spotlight time! We're not going to be spotlighting a human this week, but we're going to be spotlighting actually two historical events today, because they've both fallen in the same time frame. And it didn't seem right to leave one of them out. The big one happens tomorrow, and that is Jeopardy's birthday. It's other birthday. The birthday of the series as a whole is March 30th. And that's when the first episode aired way back in 1964 with Art Fleming. And its other birthday is tomorrow, because it was on September 10th of 1984 that the version we know and love today premiered on television. Interestingly enough, when this premiered, up, up to and, you know, after the premiere, people were bashing it. Because they were so upset that Art Fleming was not coming back to host, and nobody really liked Alex. They were like... Oh my god, he hosted that gambling show. He's not going to be any good at this. Blah, 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 blah. They were, they were atrocious. I don't know. I guess people just didn't like high rollers. I don't, I don't get it, but. I mean, it wasn't exactly a gambling show, but you know what, it, you know what I mean. High rollers was, high rollers was okay. I haven't watched a whole lot of it because it's so hard to find, but. I, I don't hate it. I don't. Actually, I lean more towards loving it than hating it, so there's that. But people were people were being awful. They're like, well, if he hosted that kind of stuff, he's not fit to host a quiz show. Huh, how wrong they were. Now, I will tell you, I have seen the first episode. The the format itself was very, very similar, but there were some differences. In those days, you could ring in as soon as the entire clue had popped up on the screen. Not only that, but when you would ring in, it would go ding! You would actually hear the buzzer. Alex was actually the one to remove that, and suggested you know changing the rules and things like that because he helped to produce the show for the first three years of its run so that was taken out because Alex felt like it would be easier for home players if that wasn't there because even then people played at home they play along at home with the thing on TV, so. 
there there was that so that's why that's why the buzzer sound was removed honestly i can't say it was the wrong call it was kind of cool to hear the buzzer but it was also very distracting and part of the reason it was distracting is because alex would read so fast like we all know the way we all know the way he read for most of the time on the show it was very slow very even not in the early days Mm-mm, let me tell you now i'm not criticizing alex i'm just saying it wasn't what you'd expect it was a it was lightning bolt it was just like i might be exaggerating a little bit there but compared to what we have today it was so fast it made my brain spin the first time i watched it i'm like oh my god but yeah that that definitely happened and actually the reason jeopardy came back is because syndication was an hour block and see wheel of fortune was had come back the year before with pat sajak as as some of you may know uh chuck woolery was the original host and for some random reason he quit i don't understand why but wheel of fortune came back in syndication in 83 and that was only a half an hour and they needed something else to fill the other half of the hour. So Merv Griffin and his bunch is like, hey, why don't we bring Jeopardy back? I'm so glad they did. A life without Jeopardy would utterly suck. Because you learn so much without even really realizing you're doing it. So Jeopardy's a cultural icon. I know everyone says that and it's probably a big cliche by now, but it's true. Jeopardy does a lot for a lot of people. The other big thing that happened in Jeopardy history is a few years more recent, and it happened on September 8th of 2003. And that was the sky's the limit rule. And instead of me explaining it, why don't I let Alex tell you? Sam Hunt, whose one-day cash winnings total $13,600. And now, here is the host of Jeopardy, Alex Trevett. Hey, Johnny Gilbert, thank you. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to our program. We are so happy to be with you. The kids are back in school, and we are beginning our 20th season on the air. We have many exciting travel plans for this season, and I'll be talking about that in the coming weeks. But today, one bit of important information for all of you who enjoy watching our program at home, and it has to do with how we treat our champions. In the past, whenever a champion, either he or she, won five games, that individual would leave the program. But that is no longer the case. Now they can win as many games as their talents will allow. And that could mean perhaps champions leaving us with a quarter million or half a million dollars. Who knows? Let's start finding out. So, that was a pretty big change in the history of the show, I would say. 
And it opened the doors for some of the contestants that we're seeing now. It's like, I mean, think about it. How many of the five-time era champions do we remember? Brad Rutter, sure, because he won so many tournaments and things and kind of stuck out. But I'm sure most of the five-time tournament winners have kind of slipped people's minds. Um, I know Chuck Forrest is another good is another one that people remember a lot because it was his strategy to bounce around the board instead of picking categories in order. So there's that. But if it hadn't been for that, I don't know what Jeopardy would be right now. Because think about it. You looked at somebody, if that rule had still been in effect in 2004, you looked, or yeah, you looked at somebody now and said, Ken Jennings, they'd be like, Ken who? Because no, nobody remembers, I would say, a lot of the five-time champions, the undefeated champions who retired. And that's kind of a shame because they were good too. One of them has made a note for himself and or has made a name for himself in recent years, made himself notable for entirely the wrong reasons because he's bashing the way they're running things now and demanding the return of the five game limit. And he's not even being nice about it. He's being a total jerkazoid. Like Oh, well, that hurts regular contestants. Those contestants know what they're signing up for. And another reasoning was, Oh, well, if they like somebody, they're going to rig the game so they keep winning. Stupid. Rigging the game is illegal and could get them all put in prison. How dense are you? Like, I hate to be I hate to be that kind of a person, but that guy's being stupid. And every time I see something he has written, I want to scream. Because he's being a well, I'm gonna let you finish that. Because I am sure we have younger listeners and they don't want to hear what I have to say. So yeah, that was the, that's a brief explanation of the sky's the limit rule and exactly what it did and why it's important. And of course, we can't get through without celebrating Jeopardy's birthday. Or rebirthday, I guess I should say, because its original birthday was March 30th. And we were not here. We'll be here next time, though. I may, I may even post right after I take a test. If they keep doing that. Because here's the thing that they tend to do for Jeopardy's birthday. They've done it. They did it last year and they did it this year. They open up the test and you can take it regardless of your one year cycle. See, I take the test on New Year's every year. I hadn't planned it to fall that way, but that's the way it fell my first year. But I can take the test again on March the 30th. 
because it's opened up for everybody that day. If you're in the contestant pool, they say you can take it just for fun. You know, I kind of wonder if former contestants can take it just for kicks that day. That'd be interesting to find out. But that's generally what tends to happen. So that's an overview of the two big events in Jeopardy history that have happened very close together. Well, tomorrow isn't here yet, obviously, but you you get what I mean. So that's an overview of what went down in Jeopardy history over this, over the next, this past, uh, let's just say this past week-ish. And with that, I'm going to close this, although I am going to give you an overview of what's about to happen. Uh, Strategy Corner will be as usual tomorrow, starting Monday. Four episodes a day. Because I am personally going to go through every single game Ken Jennings played. And I'm going to react to them. And I'm going to post them here. And the way I can do that and put the least amount of strain on myself is to do three a day for 25 days. I could shorten that time, but it would mean doing a bazillion games a day. Plus, I have to cover the new syndicated stuff that starts on Monday and Celebrity Jeopardy when it starts. So I think I kind of need to keep my sanity intact. So starting Monday for the next 25 days after... Starting Monday and, you know, going for 25 days, we'll have four episodes a day. I don't know how exactly I'm going to spread them out. So don't ask me that. But it's going to happen. So flashback season is not over. Because I like our flashbacks and they're fun. So there's that. But that's what's coming up in the next little bit. And on that note, I'm going to say goodnight. I'm I'm tired. I've had a long day. So, I'm going to say goodnight. Thank you for listening. Oh, actually, before I go, like us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page now. But... Yeah, just just like us on Facebook. Um, As soon as I can figure out how to do it, I will start checking the page link in the show notes. And on that note, good night. Thank you for tuning in. And as Alex would say, so long, everybody. This is Jamie T speaking for the Jeopardy podcast in Evil Chocolate Cookie production. This is Jamie T speaking for the Jeopardy podcast in Evil Chocolate Cookie production.